Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome, everyone. It is so great to talk to you today and to bring another very important cause to you because you know my job is to help you. Um, My focus is to just create an atmosphere and a show that helps. And I found this wonderful organization last year, I believe, um, through Texas Christian University, Roxo, their marketing um, organization. And I was in it and they were in it um, participating. And I went to one of their pop-ups and um, I can hardly finish the sentence because it's so emotional. So I just have to express that there's tissues in front of us, everyone. But everyone meet the three fabulous women on the team at Project 4031 here in Fort Worth. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for having us. So to my left, I have Zoe Steele. And Zoe, I'm going to give you what they're doing. And it's so much more, of course, is Office and Communication Coordinator. And I work directly with her through social media. And I have the... the. Um, the co-founder and executive director, Christina Robertson, you co-founded with your husband, yes. Joshua. So we will hear that story. And you brought on the program director, Nicole Herlin. Did I pronounce that correct? Herlin. Herlin, of course. Close. <laughs> close. But welcome to the show. You're the program director. And I am so happy you're here. Um, I'm not sure, and maybe you can tell me why I get so emotional every time I either answer an email or come to your pop-up or work on a project with you. And I'm going to direct this to Christina because you are going to tell us what Project 4031 does. Yeah, so we're a nonprofit geared towards hospice and terminally ill patients. And we have two core programs that we provide um, a funding need and a last dream piece. And then we have a third leg that's an international piece where we can provide medical equipment um, to international outreach and within the states as well. Um, so yeah. that's your three, that's your, the three main things you do, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And and you do it well because Zoe was telling me right before the show, since 2011, you've served 800 patients. Yes, over 800 patients. Over 800 mm-hmm. patients. So explain to me, y'all, um, explain to me how my listeners and followers, because we posted last Monday um, the announcement that I'm your social media in, um, ambassador and influencer, and we'll explain that why, we, why, why we're doing that. But the engagement was incredible. Um, we got a lot of comments. We got a lot of direct messages. Um, can you tell us why? Like, why would we do this? Why, who is going to reach out? How would we reach out? So uh, when people need that assistance at the end of life, uh, they can reach out to us for funding assistance or dream fulfillment. And the way they would do that is they would go through our website and there's a place on there. Of course, it tells all about who we are and what we do, but there's also a place on there where it says how to apply and it directs them through those steps. And what we try to do is ask for as little paperwork as possible because we're dealing with people who are at the end of life and the people who love them. And so we want to make that as uncomplicated a process as we possibly can. And I think you got a lot of reaction because this is something that every person can relate to. Every person has had that experience of loss, or if they're lucky enough not to have yet, they will. That's just part of the human experience. And so I think that's why it resonates so deeply with people. Mm -hmm. Is Project 4031 just dealing with a tragic end No, I mean, no. And explain that to me because, I mean, tell me, and again, it's good that I really don't know all this because I haven't dealt with this. Yes, I have. So 
Go ahead. Well, I think it would be fair to say that every end is tragic to someone. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think maybe what you were asking was an unexpected end. Right. So, no, I, really more what we deal with are patients who are on hospice. And then the hospice workers will go into the home. They'll recognize a need, either a financial need or a need of the spirit, if you will. And they encourage those patients and assist those patients with reaching out to us. And then we're able to step in and help where we can. Mm-hmm. When you're in hospice, and forgive my lack of information on this, my mother was in hospice for a while and I was not um, prepared to even understand what she went through or the steps and process. Uh, my stronger sister handled that, which is in, she's a nurse, but hospice, how long can you be in hospice? Yeah. So, um, you can actually, I guess, quote unquote, graduate from hospice. I think they, um, they reevaluate the situation every so months. Um, but we're really meeting people like two weeks, we say is long for, um, us to serve somebody and a month is a kind of a long period of time for us to serve somebody. And so, um, we're really meeting people at the end of their life. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Yes. Yeah, so every individual is different and every situation is different. So, you know, the time only the Lord knows at the time of your ending. So exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's not a long period of time. Yes, ma'am. So when you're saying fulfilling dreams, which, I, which I'm reading, what would that be? I mean, because I know Micah, um, if you're not familiar, was, I mean, the TCU baseball team just took him on. Um, he was terminally ill. Young boy. What age was he? He was around nine or 10, I believe. Nine or 10. Mm-hmm. So tell us how your organization helped him. Mm-hmm. So we actually served them in a funding for families opportunity with them. Um I love his mother and their story that they share is that they kind of took that time really to make some happy memories. And I think went to Disney and did some wonderful trips. And when they came back, she wasn't thinking um, of their financial need. And so we kind of met and were able to serve through um, for a mortgage and rent Mm -hmm. um, with them. And so, um, and she shares that they didn't realize that was going to be the last month of his life. And so, um, so that was really a blessing for them and for us to be able to serve in that capacity. Right, right. Because I guess one of the things, I guess when you're, you're when this comes, you, not everyone would think about the financial difficulties, mm-hmm. right? Right. No one saves for a terminal illness. Right. Now I remember when I met you, it was around Christmas because you mm-hmm. had a Christmas tree with little ornaments on them and then you could select a tree and, and it would say how much each, $10, $50, thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, and what it served in the financial realm. And can you break that down? I mean, exactly. I mean, so eager. <laughs> yes. Um, so on average in the past, it's called us about $750 to serve one patient on average cost. And we really, even coming into this year, we're seeing that grow up to about $800 mm-hmm. um, just to serve one family, whether that's paying a mortgage, paying a utility bill, fulfilling a dream to go to a Rangers game, to go spend some time at Great Wolf Lodge as a family to make those core memories. Um, that's really where that that funding goes into. Right, right. And I mean, it, it makes you think, I mean, Starbucks and you could, you could do something very, I mean, poignant for someone that's suffering mm-hmm. for sure in the entire family. 
the entire family. So, Nicole, you were telling me that you came on as programs director, and I was asked, we're going to talk about su- Sunset Suffers here in just a minute, and asking if you did that. But no, you're, you have an education background. You taught high school um, at a couple of high schools and then worked for a Catholic church in religious education. So tell us how your career, your career in education, is so important to your organization now. Well, I think all the jobs I have done so far have uh, been in part reaching into people's lives, if that makes sense. I think the best teachers are the ones who are invested in their students. And when the students know they're invested in, they always do better. They rise to that challenge. Mm -hmm. In the same way, working in the church, if you're really going to serve people, you have to get to know them. You have to get to know who they are and what their needs are. And that translates directly into what I'm doing now. So when I receive those applications for assistance, I go in and I talk with the social worker. I talk with the family members about what is your need and how can we best serve that need. Mm-hmm. And they share, right? Oh, yes. Yes. And for a lot of families, especially when we look at funding for families, this might be the first time they've ever reached out for financial assistance. And that's one of the things um, with Project 4031 that I think is maybe a little different than other organizations is that we do not have an income level that you have to be under in order to be served. Okay. In large part, because a lot of what we see is families where you had two working adults and the budget is based on what you're bringing in with two working adults. And then one of those people gets sick and can no longer work. And as they get closer and closer to death, the other person needs to be with them. And all of a sudden you have a budget that's based on two incomes and now you have no income. Mm -hmm. And that gets turned upside down. And so, like I say, a lot of times it's people who have never reached out before and we're able to go in and help them bridge that gap Mm -hmm. and buy a little time. Right. Because I'm sure that my listeners right now are wondering if this were to happen to me, is my income too high or is my income too low or whatever the case may be? Correct. Yes. And that's a huge, I mean, that is a lot of information there. Yes, (laughs) definitely. So, Christina, why did you start this program? Because you started in 2011, so we're about 11 years now. Wow, can you believe it? No, I cannot. (laughs) Time flies, (laughs) doesn't it? Yes. Um, Yes, I always explain it's a personal and professional reason why we started. Um, Professional, my husband out of college was starting a DME company, which is durable medical equipment and true entrepreneurship. We were the ones at the beginning going into individuals' homes and setting up the medical equipment and having some really intimate conversations with families. Um, if they allow us to pray with them, pray with them. But realize we, we were starting to see a pattern. We go into a home and the lights would be off and realizing they'd have to navigate whether to pay for their utilities bill that uh, month or medication they so desperately needed. Um, and it wasn't just one family. It was a pattern. Again, like I said, we were seeing. Um, and then there's a lot of unease a lot of a depression, a lot of loneliness. And we'd go home in the evenings um, and just kind of speak to this and say, there has to be something out there that we can direct them to. Or, um, But there was just a hole that we were seeing that we thought that needed to be filled. And so we took a year about um, of just research and kind of seeing, okay, what is out there? Could we support um, individuals um, and direct them to another organization? And we just weren't seeing that organization out there. And then personally, um, my father passed away when I was a freshman in um, college from cancer. And we thought he had a fighting chance, but um, the way his illness was, he kind of passed away a bit dramatically Mm -hmm. Um, and just never had that closure that we needed so desperately as a family. 
And then my grandmother, on the other hand, had this beautiful long life. Um, and because of the hospice, we were able to give her her last dream of um, passing away in her home. And so I felt like I had these two um, different death experiences. Mm -hmm. And then with the navigation of Josh's business, we're just like, there's something here we can really fill. So right. we kind of took a year of research and decided, okay, there's something here that we can provide for families and little by little, just trying to move the needle forward. Does hospice welcome you? Yes. I always say that our, our I hope so. That's our goal as um, the social workers and nurses are kind of our third client that we visualize it as a triangle that we're working with the social worker, nurse, and the family to really make it a holistic experience for the patient. So the social worker is a big connection. Very much so. Very much so. Mm -hmm. um, social work in Fort Worth, do we have a strong system of social work? I believe so. You know, we don't know all of the social work aspect, but mm -hmm. through the hospice, we have some wonderful relationships and they're just, they're amazing and special place in heaven for each one of them, mm. that, the work that they do. So special place. Yes. We are grateful to partner with them. Yeah. And you know, um, I was talking recently with a, an organization and, and talking about hospice in a special place and elderly and working. If you don't have a passion for it, you know, you're just not filling a role like this is a job opening. You are all such in specialized area of, 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 of your career. You have to have that passion to work with this. I mean, I can't imagine doing this myself because I lose it. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? But yeah. you do all get emotional. I mean, Nicole, you're right there with the families, right? I do get emotional, but... um you know, a lot of times I'll have friends because I haven't been with Project 4031 forever from the beginning. Uh, I came on in October of last year and I'll have friends say, oh, I couldn't do that. It's just too sad. And it is sad. Mm -hmm. People dying is sad, um, but they're dying whether we help them or not. Mm -hmm. And so that's a strong motivation to me. If I can go in and offer some comfort, offer some sort of positive memory for the family by fulfilling a dream that's a really powerful thing to be able to be a part of. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You know, my mother uh, and and it, it's been over 12 years and and she died very, very young cancer, four years drug out. You know, if you always wonder, gosh, do I want to have quickly or, or long? But she had so much she wanted to do, you know, it's so much. And I've, I think about if if, she, if you were there at that time, just helping her, you know, just helping fulfill going to her garden one more time. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, she sat, she was such a planner. She planned her entire funeral down to the, what she was wearing. <laughs> I mean, she was that person, but had plenty of time to do it. But just the thought of having your team there with her. Speaking of that, she lives two hours away. What is your span? What is your span of who you reach? Mm -hmm. So we, um, our 501c3 says that we can um, serve the United States. What? So we really focus in on Texas and within our community. The majority goes to our community in DFW area. How would you, how would you serve someone in California? So everything is very over the phone and, you know, COVID has shown us that you can do very, everything oh, a great deal virtually. <laughs> so, um, yes. so it's, it's more majority um, phone conversations and really having those direct conversations with the patient and um, the family. But we do hone in on our community and um, in DFW area specifically. Mm -hmm. So, And this is your entire staff sitting in front of me? It is. I say yes. we're small but mighty. Very small <laughs> yeah. but mighty. I know. I know. And you survived COVID. We did. We did. I'm really proud of how we kind of came out of it and how we were able to pivot, you mm -hmm. know, the word. But 
um, really see how our, we needed to serve our patients at the time and really see where we can fit into the whole situation and just taking it day by day. Day by day. Mm-hmm. How do you fundraise? <sighs> you're, you're, I know. <laughs> you're looking at it. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. But it's just... Um, you know, we have one large event a year, which we call it our impact dinner. And November is hospice and palliative care month. And so we take that time to celebrate um, that community and the community that we're so honored to serve. Um, so it's a, a traditional fundraiser. And this year it's on November 18th um, at the Worthington Hotel. Um, and then through grants and through individual giving in our community that sees the need for this cause, we're very grateful for. Right, right. So, yeah. And again, I met you at a pop-up. Yes. The, the Christmas pop-up, mm-hmm. was that it? Yes. Yeah. I um, went for TC and just was totally moved. I mean, just I, I, Zoe held my hand and we, we, we really did talk through and I just felt so passionate mm-hmm. about y'all, you know? And there's so much, there's so much um, in this com- community that there's so much need. Mm-hmm. And we are in that day and age where you give back 100%. So how can a person give? Let's say we have a college student right now that's on a budget and doesn't have the financial sources to assist with you. How can that man or woman, how can he or she help? Mm-hmm. Well, every donation makes a huge impact, especially for small organizations as we are. Um, we have a monthly giving program, which is a Sparrow project. And you can find us at our website at project4031.org. And those are small quote unquote, small monetary donations that are given monthly, but again, makes a huge impact to each family that we serve. Right. Right. So any help volunteering? Yes. Yes. We have administrative work. We have, um, helping a fulfilling a dream, mm-hmm. um, committees and, um, thus forth that you could partner with us. And we'd love to kind of conform that to what works best for the individual and their, their passion to serve. Absolutely. So we have, um, you know, the power of marketing and incredible, you know, the the times have changed. I'm in my mid 50, late fifties now, and um, times have changed in marketing. I know with us meeting with Roxo and again, to clarify TCU marketing, um, it's one of their organizations. That's just incredible. It is a, an advertising and marketing company that's in TCU. And I, they have done such a great job with my brand and your brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can yes. we just stay on with y'all? <laughs> but it's a semester by semester. And you were involved in that. And they taught me, again, very difficult to teach, you know, someone my age, the power of social media. And Zoe, explain, because you and I work directly together, what was the catalyst of going so powerfully to social media and how how do you choose that influencer? And because tell us what we're doing. Yeah, so social media is such an important tool, especially as a nonprofit, um, just because it's not it gives us a platform to share about our mission and the work we do, and not only that, but a platform to share the stories of the patients that we're serving. And like you mentioned, advertising and marketing, it it's very expensive, and for oh, it's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. And for a nonprofit organization especially with our team at Project 4031, we work really hard to make sure that every dollar that comes in our door, the majority of that dollar is going back into our programs. And utilizing social media is one way to be able to keep, it's very cost effective. We can use social media, partner with influencers like you, Tiffany, to be able to spread that reach and to spread our work and to gain new supporters along the way. That's happened, right. 
For example, we did post Monday and I was very proud. Of, they've given me y'all and I have it on. You saw it on my post last week, but they gave me a T-shirt and I absolutely love it. Perfect color. <laughs> but um, I mean, with my coffee cup and it really did make an impact. I mean, people asking about this and so, you know, it's just a lot. And the the the. I mean, it's just a virus. I mean, it goes viral so quickly and people in need and want to help for sure. Right. And so do you have other organizations, sister organizations in other part of the world that you look when you started, Christina? Um, that's what they're doing. You said that you didn't see that a lot, but are you seeing more of the Project 4031 pop up? Not exactly what we're doing. We've partnered with other dream granting organizations. And so we always give the example, say it's a child and their a disease was chronic at the time and they've been served by a, another dream organization, but now their um, illness has gotten a great deal more serious and it's considered terminal. We'll partner with them and serve as a second dream. Mm -hmm. um, and we serve all ages. And so we serve, say, zero to 100 plus. Um, and so we're able to partner with those dream organizations. Um, and then hospices will have small foundations that they're able to serve um, financially. And so we've partnered with those before as well. So if they give a, a, a majority of the funding need and we able to provide um, another so the patient is served um, and a greater need for the funding for families. But we have not seen anybody doing exactly what we're trying to right, right. do. So speaking of dreams, what is your dream? For 4031? Mm -hmm. um, I just would love to see um, the, the mission serve um, more, you know, we're all going to face um, end of life in some way or fashion, whether it's through a personal experience or through ourselves and for every person to experience their end of life story, the way that's best for them would be a huge um, accomplishment. A huge accomplishment. Yes. A absolutely. Um, I have so many questions and I'm not going to ask you. On <laughs> um, Let's see. Non-cash donations, appreciated securities, stock transfers, and in-kind in goods or services. Does anyone want to address that? <laughs> yes, we take all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, the answer is yes, Tiffany. <laughs> yes, but we just would love to partner with any individual who would like to sponsor a family. Um, we've seen a great deal of increase with just everything costing more. We're seeing our families come to us with what they need the most of, and a great deal of that is mortgage and rent. So sponsoring a family would be huge for us. We're, our goal is to serve about um, 89 families this year, just budget-wise, but we're seeing the first quarter um, serving more patients than we have the past four years. And so we're feeling that pressure. We know our families are feeling that financial pressure. Um, so the need is out there for, right. just to serve um, each family. So y'all... Are you hearing this? There's families in need like you listening or you will you will need or you may know someone, but we need to fund this project for sure. So we need to think through that. I'm reading on here. Y'all, they have the most adorable home <laughs> that they're there that your your offices are out of. Um, tell me about that home. It's it's historical home, isn't it? It is. We're not under the umbrella of a historic um Right. Historic society, I should say. But um, yes, it's over 100 years old. And um, we were grateful just to be able to, it was donated to us. And then we just had to make it, um, refurbish it and make it pretty again, I say. Um, and so all we have to do is keep the lights on, which I'm very grateful to say, but that's still a cost that we have to provide for. 
um, but we rent it out um, on the weekends and um, after hours. And so, and obviously that um, cost goes back into our mission um, as a, in a donation for us. Okay, wait a minute. Someone donated that adorable house to you. Yes, we're very grateful to say that. So we, we, we call it our home, but it's our office. And so hopefully it's a welcoming place. I say before COVID, um, we would open the doors to other nonprofits or through grief groups that they would like would, would want a um, home atmosphere rather than kind of the office atmosphere. And we're hoping that that comes back as well. So if there's um, organizations or that wanting to ha- host grief groups or any of that sort, we'd love to talk with them as well. Okay. And when you say rent, rent this out, you're talking about other organizations. I mean, you're not talking about a Airbnb or no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> apologize. No, no. With um, book groups or we have a baby shower coming up. That's going to host their area or a birthday party. Things oh, like that. Wow. That yes. is fabulous. Yes. See, it's an, it's a, an event center yes. that must be approved. I'm quite certain. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Not having any frat parties down yes, there. No, y'all <laughs> appropriate. <parties. laughs> Let's make sure we all understand here. Just going <laughs> to stay in our lane here. Um, okay, so sponsor the impact event, and that is the November event? November 18th. November yes. 18th, okay. Yes. And then, Zoe, how would you describe a social media influencer? I'm sorry, a fundraiser. Yes. So um, through social media, through Facebook and Instagram specifically, they offer a really great platform for you to be able to host a fundraiser yourself in honor of a loved one for your birthday, for um, the holidays, anything, anything like that. You can raise money through your voice that you have on social media and your channel to help us with our mission as well. And um, it makes it really easy. You can do it on your Instagram stories. You can add a, a, a Instagram sticker to raise money. Project 4031 is, is searchable on there. And um, um, through Facebook makes their fundraisers really easy and shareable as well. Yes, they do. How did you come up with the name Project 4031? Yes, we, um, it is my um, father-in-law's favorite Bible verse from Isaiah 4031. So yes. I was wondering that when I, that is great. Yes. It's so, so special. It is. And it's, um, if I, to say the verse, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. And we feel like we're, we're trying to be hands and feet of the Lord and feel like that Bible verse speaks very much to what we're trying to do. Very much. Um, very families. much so. Absolutely. So let's talk about what we're doing here in a couple of weeks. Is it two weeks or, ne- or is it, it's coming up, everyone? <laughs> and um, we are doing this and explain to us, it's called Sunset Suppers. And if you have known from previous suppers, the name was something different. I think you told me. Yes, it was um, first death dinners. And we got feedback that that was kind of a, a stark name yes, for okay. what we're trying yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, so it, okay. it's hopefully just an open conversation for um, our community and individuals that want to speak about death and what that looks like for them, what that looks like for their loved ones, and try to take the stigma away from the talk about death. You know, you can feel the wall kind of come up when you speak about death and somebody is not comfortable and we understand that. But hopefully this is a really laid back um, non-threatening way just to have a conversation. Right. And, and w- you're selling tickets to this sunset supper and the date on this, I believe is yes, May 17th, May 17th. Okay. May 17th in a couple of weeks. And you have how many, what's your capacity? About 20 people, about yes. 20 people. Mm-hmm. So you keep it very intimate. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, more just around the table having a conversation. And we're partnering with Leaves Tea Shop in the near South Side neighborhood. Um, and also Cuisine for Healing is going to cater with us. Um, so 
it's more just that intimate conversation that you can have. And um, we have already topics prepared, um, kind of paragraphs from books that have been um, picked from leaves and a board member who is a um, Cook Children's um, Palliative Care Chaplain. Right, right. So, so I have to, I'm going to be very honest with you. When you told me about the Sunset Suppers, I was, I was listening. And for some reason, there's something that goes on in my brain when I think about death, um, because I think people feel differently about death. At this supper, can people openly ask questions? Of course. Yes. I, you I know, think, yes. And open-ended questions, are, you know, we're wanting it to be, again, non-threatening and open to everybody. So I say, come with your questions and let's have a conversation about what that looks like. And we lean on our board member who is um, educated in that aspect. So, oh, good. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. She, she's there to guide us as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's, um, it's very personal. And I was reading in some of your literature that, you know, the question is, have you talked about it with your, with your significant other? Um, do you want to talk about it with your significant other? And um, I remember my husband and I going to uh, work on our will many, many years ago, many years ago. And he was just very, this is exactly what's going to happen. You're going to, I, I mean, we're not going, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get in the specifics, but I was like, no, we can't do that. And so we had a very different we have a different thought process on what death looks like to us. He's immediate, like, don't wait around, just pull the plug. That's my <laughs> husband, you know, and I think you'll meet him. At, at, oh, dear, at this. <laughs> so he's a very, um, he's a very pin, a strong opinion on his end of life. Um, I don't know because I grew up Catholic and it is, it differs. It really does. I mean, how you'll be buried, how all of these things, um, do you deal, Nicole, do, do your patients and your clients talk about that with you or is it decided? It's already decided. Where I see the discussion coming in is there are families that have made no arrangement for it oh. and have no plan for mm-hmm. it and have made no financial plan for it. And I was shocked. I, I didn't really realize until I started looking at it how much it costs to be buried. Oh, my stars. It's yes. terribly expensive. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we are able to do is if we are working with a patient and they say, what we would like from you is assistance with cremation, the cost of cremation. Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, yes, we'll be able to do that. We put it aside until we're contacted and, and the family or the social worker lets us know it's time. To make that payment. Mm -hmm. So that is one way we're able to assist. But more often than not, what we're seeing is people don't have a plan. And if they have a plan, they haven't communicated the plan. And if it's been talked about, maybe no money's been set aside for Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Very expensive. Yes. Unbelievably. I mean, I I just can't believe it. It's, It's quite shocking. Yes. And so would... Is that something you, your team, your organization could assist with? They want the, the, the end of life of their dreams and it could be the funeral. So we, um, we provide a $500, um, pay towards a funeral. Um, our budget allows us to help within about, um, $1,500 range or so. And so we're able to serve, um, within that, that, um, capacity. Right. Um, so we, um, provided that assistance for a funeral. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes. Well, and that could be someone's dream. Yes. Yeah. So, or, 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 or 
their peace of mind, for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. or for example. Okay, so the Sunset Supper is $40, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's about a two-hour event that be- begins on at, at 6.30. Um, preparation for that, um, just show up, right? Yeah, so just try show to make up. it as easy as possible. Try to make it. Yeah. Leaves tea, tea and Bookshop in Fort Worth. Golly, that's, that's impactful, girls. I mean, okay, I saw something earlier. You're international as well. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started out with, um, we called it our grandparent standard. And so when, when we were um, serving through the DME um, for-profit business, we whatever we would not give it to our grandparents themselves, we weren't going to provide to our families. And so we had this wonderful equipment that still had great life, um, but wasn't being used within the for-profit. And so we partnered at the time with two other organizations um, in Belize and to help their hospice efforts. And so we would send this medical equipment over to them to hopefully help their hospice efforts in the family that they were serving. Um, but it's morphed into families will call us um, that their, fam- their loved one has passed away um, and no longer need the medical equipment and don't know quite what to do with it. We're able to take that medical equipment and um, donate it within the states or international efforts. Um, and we're, wow. we're navigating that, what it looks like after COVID and sure. shipment and all of that, but would still love the effort to be able to serve internationally. I mean, really, you know, we, um, we travel to Cabo and I recently got COVID when I was over there and was quarantined. I mean, quarantined, not not quarantine, but quarantine. But I was so amazed at their lack of health care and their last their their lack of assistance. It just makes me want to help so much. I mean, just have developed some friends that work that are over there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite um humbling from coming from the United States when we do have so much assistance mm-hmm. like yourself. So uh, we talked about Micah and his but there's this gal right here. You don't y'all can't see it, but Explain this. This is the one that just kind of took me yeah. away. This woman that was terminally ill. Yes. And so she was a young um, woman and she wanted um, to have just those wedding pictures with her father and her family and knew that she was probably not going to get married or have that special day with them. And so she took that time. We um, Bass Hall donated their space, a florist donated flowers, um, a wedding venue donated the dress. And so it just... I just love how people come together and do mm. good for individuals um, at all aspects, but mm-hmm. especially at the end of life. Um, so her mom shared with us that if she could have a perfect day, this was her perfect day. Mm-hmm. And they just, the memories that they have hold on to will last a lifetime for their loved ones. And I, we think that that helps the grief process as well and allows people to grieve well. Um, what was her illness? I believe she had cancer as well. She had cancer mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's a cancer and mm-hmm. a very young woman. Um, she, I mean, I want you all to understand that you guys really do have a plethora of people asking you different for different things. And I wanted you all to hear about this wedding, uh, the wedding photographs, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was her dream. She's a young woman. I mean, so much. So what are some of the other requests that you've had that would just... That, that would provoke and listen my followers and listeners that would just think, golly, that's so neat. That's the interesting thing with dreams, I think, is that just as every person is unique, every dream is unique. And so often they're not the huge dreams, right? I, it's not, I want to go to Europe. I want to, it's, it's simple things. It's humble things that make people's lives better to have more dignity at the end. Uh, one in particular 
who is one of our favorite stories, I think it's fair to say, uh, is a woman named Melissa. And she contacted us. And that's pretty unusual. Usually we're working through hospice, but she had seen us on Facebook and she contacted me and she said, okay, are, are you for real? <laughs> exactly. Said, yes, we're for real. What, how can I help you? What can we do? And she had been homeless and through the assistance of another nonprofit, she was now living in an apartment, but she couldn't drive and she did not have a washer. And she wanted to be clean. She wanted to be able to clean her clothes because that gave her dignity. And so she said, what I would really like is a washing machine. And I have looked and I can tell you how much it costs. And this is the one that I'm interested in. And it was just a self-draining. I didn't even know these existed. Self-draining washing machine. You hook up to the water source in your house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got that for her. She was overjoyed. She wants to tell everyone about Project 4031. Mm-mm. And she invited Zoe and I into her home. We got to go out and we videoed her and she shared her story with us. We got to see how the washing machine worked. We got to hear about her passion and her excitement about sharing who we are so that other people could benefit from the services that we offer. That's amazing. Okay. So was she, she was eligible for hospice. She was. She was eligible for Everyone we serve is hospice eligible. End of story. Okay. So the, the wash machine, I mean, she just wanted to be clean. She just wanted to be clean. And did she have a dryer? No, she had clothes. No, she said, and it spins really, really fast and it's almost dry and I'll just hang it up and it'll dry the rest of the way. Those of us that don't have patience there. Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, and she's deceased. She's Near the end. Near the end. That is amazing. I mean, that y'all are you listening? This is absolutely amazing. How can we find you? Yes, you can find us on social media. Yeah, we're yes, we're on at Tiffany C. Blackman. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Linked through Tiffany's partnership with us. Um, We're on Instagram, Facebook is mostly where where we are. We also have a presence on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well. Um, We do have a wonderful website, which is a really good resource um, not only for our patients but for our donors. You can find a lot of ways to connect with us through our our website, project4031.org, as well. Your Instagram is project underscore project underscore 4031. That's it. Okay. That one right there. Got the way. Yes. Go to the website. You'll see all of the stories. And um, we're going to make a push for the sunset suppers. We'd love to see. And um, I'll be there. And I, I, I really, I think this is so important because I just know that this isn't top of mind for someone, you know, it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Right. You see, you see that too, don't you? Denial. Oh, that's it. Thank you so much for coming. I mean, I just, I am just blown away at the talent, your energy and your passion for, for serving. And it just is amazing. So thank you. And thank you for having me represent you. It is humbling and I'm honored. Thank you. Same with us. Thank you you so very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone, you're going to go to Project 4031 and uh, let us know how you can help. You can certainly find them on my Instagram. Um, I am really going to be revving this up because I feel so strongly about it. We all need it and we all need to make a difference for sure and serve like these fabulous young women are. And everyone, uh, go ahead over and rate and review this. Let us know what you want to hear because you're telling me what you want to hear and we are coming through. We're here to help. And everyone have a wonderful day and keep being fabulous. Bye.